Okay, I think we are uh, live after a uh, little bit of difficulty on uh, my end. Nah, maybe we're not. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if we are live. How, how fun is it to listen to a guy ask if they are actually live? And yeah, I think, uh, I think we're good to go. Anyway, uh, my name is Dean Millard. Welcome to Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Normally, we would probably have... Uh, a little bit more of a show. Right now we're having some uh, technical difficulties. Uh, so we're doing everything by the phone. Uh, computers in the shop, computers at the uh, computer hospital, as they said on Kids in the Hall. We call the Amblebance. Took it in there and uh, made sure that it will be hopefully running. Because I, I want to start our NHL team-by-team -team previews as I'm, I'm representing the Jets today. Um, We've got uh, Roberto Clemente and Duckman's domination behind me. So I'm hoping that everything is sorted out um, early Monday morning because I need to get the uh, get the show back and get it going. I got a lot of stuff planned uh, for this one. So we won't have any guests today, unfortunately. Uh, I still don't know how to do a guest with using my uh, phone on Twitch. But... Once we get the computer back up and running, we got a full slate of people that uh, we will want to bring on the show. And, and Fridays, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to let the hair down. We're going to relax a little bit. We're going to stray away from sports a little bit. Get into some entertainment or different things over, the, over, uh, over time. Um, and we'll, we're still going to focus on what's going on in fantasy and, and sports world, but... With our question of the day and our top three, we'll get into a few different things. So today's question of the day is, is what do you collect? What are you a collector of? Whether it's in the world of sports or anything else. Obviously, I collect jerseys. Uh, I do collect bobbleheads as well. I don't know if I can, uh, let me see if I can flip this camera around and you can see. Um... Yeah, see, there's a little bit of the collection of the bobbleheads and masks, goalie guy. Uh, so, so I've got a whack of bobbleheads and jerseys. What is it that you collect, either as a sports fan or not? Not all the like. There's a couple of Iron Maiden bobbleheads over there. I think there's a Napoleon Dynamite, a van down by the river, Chris Farley. So it's not all sports. There's a bunch of World Junior ones that I just got from free from covering world junior tournaments and, and oiler bobblehead nights and things like that. But some of them, my more favorite ones, there's a Cheech and Chong one up there and Napoleon dynamite. So I, I'm a bobblehead. Like it's kind of a different collection jerseys. A lot of people collect. I kind of like to collect different kinds of bobbleheads. So question of the day is what do you collect out there? Whether it's sports, otherwise, let me know. And our top three today, uh, because it's August 26th. Can you believe that? Like, I'm in a love-hate relationship with the NFL. I love it because I like to watch it. And I'm the defending uh, world professional fantasy football league champion. Yet I still haven't went to pick up my trophy. It's how casual of a champion I am. But I hate it because it means the summer is almost over. So, top three summer highlights uh, for you. Uh, number three for me, Pemina River Float. If you have ever done it out here in Alberta, you know what I'm talking about. It's near Ent, and that's Ent Whistle for those of you not in Alberta. That was number three. Uh, winning the Ultimate Fantasy World Juniors alongside Ian Constable and Craig Button for East End was number two. That was awesome. Being able to watch the tournament, just how it all unfolded was incredible. And getting a chance to get back to Manitoba is uh, the number one summer highlight uh, for myself. Uh, getting a chance to see my dad, a uh, bunch of family, all that stuff. So that's what I'm going with on uh, our top three today. What are your top three summer highlights? I'd love to hear from you. Hey, Nick. Nick TVIP says, hey, Dean, how's it going? I am spectacular. It's Friday. We have a little bit more fun on Fridays. We expand past the sports we're going to talk about some of the sports uh big stories today like the mariners and the money that they might be spending the rays also throwing some some money out there in the detroit red wings 
Uh, some different guys returning as well. But I'd love to hear from you. What are your top three summer highlights? And what is, what is something that you collect? Uh, those are the questions that we're throwing out there to start things off today on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Just the one-hour show that we'll have today. Hopefully, we'll have everything back up and running full-time on Monday. And we can get into all the fun stuff that we like to do here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network and the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Twitch channel. Just scroll down. You can see our schedule. You can find out our social handles, all that fun stuff. So, the Mariners are spending some big bucks on uh, a young player. And Julio Rodriguez is about to get paid. Uh, This is is quite the deal. Uh, Nick T says, I collect UFF sports NFTs. There we go. That's a great collection. I'm I'm sure you're not the only one that's going to bring up NFTs. So listen to this deal that is is apparently going to go down between, and and I'm looking at an article that was an hour old, so I apologize if I'm not exactly up to it. I'm not, uh, I'm looking at this article with the Mariners and rookie shortstop Julio Rodriguez. Jesse Sanchez says the extension will... Uh, guarantee Rodriguez well into nine figures and get this it could be eight 13 16 or even 18 years who are they LeBron James predicting titles not eight not 13 not 16 so why would anybody sign an 18 year deal are you, are you that's that's ludicrous like, if you're giving me a half a billion dollars, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll sign an 18-year deal. But who knows? I, I, I don't know what, what it's... Well, actually, it says maxed out options and incentive could push the total uh, to $470 million. So, tack on another $30 million to that, and I'd sign an 18-year year deal if I was Julio Rodriguez. That's, in, that's, that's wild. Who is going to be the first billion-dollar player? I, maybe he's not born yet. You know, if we're, if we're at 500000 now, or close to it, who's the first billion-dollar guy? And is he... Do we even know his name yet? I doubt it. I, I'm guessing not. If you believe the rumors, Tiger could have been the billion-dollar guy if he would have taken the live dollars, but now they've got virtual golf going, so there's that. So I think this deal, from what I read earlier, the guarantee is $210 million. And that, according to this article, well, this tweet from Jeff Passan says, the likeliest outcome, Julio Rodriguez is a Mariner through 2037. 15 years and makes at least 320 million, probably much more. If he turns into a monster that he's shown he is in his rookie season, it could be the most financially lucrative deal in American sports history by the Mariners. So a guarantee of 210 and then, wow. The biggest contract, obviously, I think everybody knows is Mike Trout, 426 and a half million. That was signed a few years ago in 2019. And this is a 21-year-old. Like, what is Wander Franco thinking now? He signed a very team-friendly deal. We'll get to the other deal the Rays made, to, or the deal the Rays uh, signed today with Tyler Glassmill in a second. But, listen, I, I, it, Rodriguez is having a fantastic season. Hit almost 270. It's out of 2020 season already with uh, more than 20 home or more than 20 stolen bases and 20 home runs. So he's the guy. He's a, he's just the 12th of this article says the 12th rookie to ever achieve a 2020 season. So this guy is awesome. But I it's 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 wild. Like we're in our UFFS leagues, we use all salary caps that that are exact pretty much to the detail that the the leagues use as far as numbers so this julio rodriguez number is 
really important for uh, players in fantasy cab leagues. I think it's uh, the Moonshots. Uh... Oh, it's the Eagles. Sorry, the Arctic Eagles that have Julio Rodriguez. So this is a guy whose salary went from like seven hundred grand or whatever it is to a, a massive extension. And and this ha- we see this in hockey all the time. Guys on their second year deal blow it out of the water. The stars. Some guys do a bridge deal and then blow it out of the water, like Darnell Nurse. Really lucky, and something I'm sure the Oilers are regretting. Because that, I like Darnell Nurse, but Darnell Nurse is not uh, the the producing the the output that that price tag comes with. And unfortunately, that's what you have to weigh things on now. You have to weigh things on the contract and the production. At some point, these contracts become old and they come bad. Sometimes they come really good, like Leon Draisaitl's contract and and Wander Franco's contract. They're looking really good, especially when we're hearing about sort of these kind of extensions. So this, you know, and and without this extension, he would have been a free agent after 2027. So these guys, I know why they're locking them up. Of course, you don't want to lose these guys. But that's, that's a wild, wild deal. Um, to see that. So I mentioned Tyler Glasnow. Uh, this is a guy that a lot of people have forgotten about. Like, I think he w- went pretty late in our uh, UFLB draft. And I'm guessing that people are scrambling to pick him up on the waiver wire right now. Um, if you're in your league, because he's, you know, trying to come back from Tommy John surgery. surgery. And uh, he, he had a very famous and honest uh, press conference last year when he got injured. And he was really upset at how Major League Baseball had handled the spider tax situation. So anyway, he was, come, he was out for mo- of all of this year. He was out halfway through this year coming back from Tommy John. He would have been a free agent at the end of this year. Two-year deal that will run through 2024. And um, it will pay him 5.35 next year and then 25 million really really back-ended uh in 2024 this is a guy who is young prime of his career this is a smart deal i don't know what you'd expect the the tampa bay rays are one of the smartest teams in sports like that how they got wander franco to sign his friendly deal i don't know and Glasnow, you know, you're, you're, you've paid him for a year where he's not hurt. You're hoping he gets back at some point. Um, he was a key piece when they traded Chris Archer to Pittsburgh. So he's been excellent when healthy. 37 starts, a two point, and this is since uh, 2019, 2.80 ERA with almost 300 strikeouts. So this guy's a stud when he's healthy. I like that signing. I'm, I, I, I'm just, I'm worried when you start giving out a possible 18-year extension or 13-year extension or whatever it is to a guy in his first season. I think that's a little rushed. You know, I, I just, I don't know. It, it just kind of blows my mind. That that is sort of happened. Like before the rookie deals came in, remember in the NHL, Alexander Daggs deal and all this stuff. We see it in the NBA, I think, a little bit too. Um, you know, big, 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 big money given out for guys that you know have have been excellent. A, a rookie twenty twenty season is awesome. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of money. How about Bryce Harper coming back today? Who's happy about Bryce Harper coming back today? He only went five for eight, crushing a couple of homers and six RBIs in the rehab games. Can you imagine you're the AAA guy that, like, on one hand, it's cool that you get to face Bryce Harper. On another hand, you, you feel like Nuke Lelouch watching the, the ball hit the cat, hit the ball. You know, Crash Davis told him what pitch was coming almost. So this is going to be awesome to get uh, Bryce Harper back in the lineup. Uh, for the Phillies. 
As we were talking about yesterday, they are securely uh, in a wild card spot right now. Um, not, I don't think, going to be able to catch the uh, the Mets, but who knows what, what a hot Harper might be able to do down the stretch. They can go into a bit of a heater and, and try and catch the Mets, but I think that they're too far away from, uh, like they're almost 10 games back of the Mets, so I, I don't think that's going to happen. Atlanta, yeah, I think Atlanta definitely is going to catch the Mets, although the Mets got DeGoat back yesterday. Jacob DeGrom, we'll touch on his performance in a little bit. Uh, but Bryce Harper coming back from the injured list, it's going to be really, really big for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, switching to hockey a little bit, the Detroit Red Wings. I like what the Detroit Red Wings have done in this offseason. You know, I think they had like nine guys at the World Juniors. Actually, quick story. I was talking to somebody about, you know, players who were at the World Juniors and, and guys who weren't. And uh, honestly, if I was a player, I would have said thanks, but no thanks. I'm, I'm getting ready for the season. And there was one guy that uh, didn't want to go to the tournament that is a Detroit Red Wings prospect that wasn't going to go to the tournament. And the Red Wings said, ah, you should go. You know, you get some good experience with Hockey Canada. I won't say who that player is, but the Red Wings, you know, you can, you can go through the list. I don't think it'll be hard. Um, but I, I think it was important for the Red Wings to have a good representation. I think, you know, Steve Eiserman wanted to be able to see what he has all at once. And uh, Chris Draper was there uh, taking a look at that stuff. And so the Red Wings, uh, they go out and re-sign Philip Zadina today, who is uh, just 22 years of age um, and, and fits really well with uh, what the Detroit Red Wings are doing. This is a guy that they drafted in uh, 2018, sixth overall. $1.85 million for three years. That's a good deal. That is a responsible deal for a guy coming off his entry-level deal who has obviously yet to uh, spread his wings fully in the NHL, spread his Red Wings fully in the NHL. He played his first full season last year and did reach double digits in goals. Uh, had almost 25 points. He's going to be a really good player. That's a, that's a responsible signing for a guy who has yet to really break out. And so there's an example of a guy who's sixth overall, coming off his entry-level deal, not breaking the bank. Whereas you see guys like Matthews, McDavid, etc., coming off their entry-level deal and... You know, obviously cashing in. Um, and and th this is the, the, the bridge deal that we're, you're talking about, right? You get a little bit of a bridge. Um, just looking. He'll still be a restricted free agent by the time the deal is done when he's 26. That's a good deal. You're, you're going to have to pay a lot if he breaks out. And, you, and, you know, you're hoping that's a good thing. And then you make decisions by then. If at the end of the deal he doesn't break out like a lot of guys happen, like like it happens to a lot of guys, then you're no no harm, no foul. You you walk away, or you offer something less. I think we're in a commercial. Possibly. I can't really tell when uh, we go to commercials while I'm recording, but the stream shows that we were in a commercial. Okay, so that's the uh, sort of the signing news. I don't think anything else has happened since we uh, came on the air. I'll just uh, check. Yeah, Philip Meyer, actually, Philip Meyer signing with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, defenseman, right shot defenseman. He's 25, uh, undrafted player. And this is what Tampa has done really well. Hey, Don Ewing joining the show. Hey, all. Hey, Don, how's it going? Great to have you. The Tampa Bay Lightning have done, like the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, kind of remind me a little bit of the, of the Rays and how smart they are in that they have found a lot of players uh, that were either undrafted or, um, or, or other teams had let them go 
Um, I'm trying to look, I'm just looking um, if I can. Myers is one. I think Alex Kalorn too. Oh no, they drafted Alex Kalorn. Uh, they signed Vlad Domestikov. Trade for Brandon Hagel was pretty smart as well. Signed Pierre Edouard Belmar. They brought in Patrick Maroon after he won Stanley Cups. They got Alex uh, Verboulet on a waiver claim. But they've done a good job of, uh, and some of the guys that they have brought in and, and have since moved on um, were really smart moves. So Philip Myers signs a uh, two-year deal. Cap hit of, uh, what is it here? $2.55 million. Probably a little much, I think, for where um, you, you probably want Philip Myers playing. Like, Philip Myers is not in their top. Like, Philip Myers is a bottom six guy for sure. So, I don't know. You'd love to be able to... Uh, you'd love to be able to fit some of your bottom six guys into, like, one or entry-level deals. Like, you look at this blue line in Tampa. You got Hedman making seven, which is a steal. Almost eight million. It's a steal. Cal Foots on his entry-level deal. Sergachev's making f almost five. Eric Cernak, uh, 2.95. Is that the start of his, his eight-year deal, too? No. It's the end. And then his uh, eight-year deal... For 5.2 kicks in, so that that's going up. Ian Cole makes three million, and now Philip Myers 2.55. Oh, Larry, hey, how are you, man? Uh, he says that's a pretty sweet jet set. Yeah, I, I bought this. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of like a hat I would have worn at my cabin. Um, I bought this at a Jets the the first Jets game I, I went to um, a couple years ago on my birthday, which is also Larry's birthday. Yeah, and big jumps for Sergachev and Cernak next year. So th that's an expensive blue line, man. I, 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 I think that's a really expensive blue line. You only got one guy on an entry level deal, and well, I guess you got Hayden Flurry as your, as one of your scratches. Uh, you got some other guys, but to me, that's an expensive deal. As Larry said, some some guys are gonna get some big big increases next year. Uh, Kalorn's a UFA in 23. Nemestikov's a UFA in 23. So they're going to be saying goodbye to some people. Corey Perry's a UFA in 23. He's That that won't be a big deal. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, same thing. Uh, hey, Arnie's in. Hey, Arnie. How's it going, man? Good to have you along. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I really liked the, uh, the Zadina signing in Detroit. Guy coming off an entry-level deal. Um, oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at uh, Philip Myers re-signed for next year. Okay, so he's going to go down. Sorry, I, I misread that. Um, I thought he had signed a uh, $2.5 million three-year deal. So, his extension, he's already signed an extension for 2023-24 for $1.4 million. Larry says, Tampa and Colorado have one year left in their windows this season that things get tight for both. You think Colorado only has one year left? Like, I know that Colorado's going to be paying a lot, but th their key guys are going to be locked up. You know, McCarr, when he becomes available, is going to get paid. But I think I agree with you on Tampa. I think Colorado has a longer window. Alex says... Uh, Hoping this means a solid role for Cal Foot being a cheaper option back there. Yeah, I, I could see Cal Foot playing with Hedman this year. I don't know. So, yeah, so Myers actually signed, like, it's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> you're, you're basically saying, I'm not going to have that great of a season, so I'm going to sign for less next year already. I don't know. When you usually, th this is how I think it works. But 
you know, when I, I, I'm not a, a expert on this. When you sign an extension before your deal ends, aren't you usually doing it to get paid? Like you're going to get a, a better deal. Like Philip Myers went down in his cap hit. And he's only 25. Hmm. Uh, Arnie says, uh, Nichushkin, Val Nichushkin is knocked up too long-term. So yeah, I, I I would give Tampa a longer a longer window than or sorry Colorado a longer window uh, than I would give give Tampa, uh, but not a whole lot of other signings. Uh, some some small signings. Wade Allison uh, signs with the Flyers for seven hundred and eighty five thousand. Um, Linus Hogberg signed for seven fifty, and the, you know the the biggest one lately was the other than Zadina today was the Phil Castle signing with. Vegas and Phil's excited to be there. Vegas is excited to have him. And now, you know, we talked about unrestricted free agents. The, the list is getting pretty thin. What's going to happen with the restricted free agents? Like, is there a restricted free agent that you own in fantasy, in, in whatever league you're in, that you're worried about not starting the season? You know, is it Jake Ottinger? Kirby Doc? Barrett Hayden. Like, who are these guys that... Uh, do you look at any of these restricted free agents and think, ah, geez, I hope this guy gets the deal done. If this guy doesn't get the deal done, you know, Jason Robertson is a guy that the Dallas Stars need to... And, and, and that's a guy coming off his deal that either you're bridging or you're, you're paying him. 41 goals? That guy is getting paid. And... If you have Jason Robertson in any kind of fantasy league, you're refreshing Puckpedia cap friendly every day. That's what I was doing with Phil Kessel. And that's Phil Kessel. He signed a $1.5 million deal. Jason Robertson's contract, if you're in a contract league, he could blow your, your, your cap right out of the water. Or if he doesn't start. Like the guy I'm worried about is Uko Pekalukkanen. He's a goalie that that Duckman's domination. We have we're, we're going to uh, want him as our backup this year. Now I'm first of all I don't know if he's going to play on the team because they got Comrie and they got Craig Anderson. And he doesn't have a contract, so we might be looking for a backup goalie. Uh, Larry says that's rare to go down with extension, but obviously wants to play in tax-free Tampa. You know what? That's a really good point. And on a on a championship team, any team. That has Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, Hedman, Vasilevsky. You're a contender. So it's a really good point about the tax system in Florida as well. Uh, so as usual, Larry coming through. Nick says lost Leonard this year. Was trying to trade him last season also. Yeah, Leonard is. Uh, that's gonna. That's gonna be a tough one. Uh, for, for the Vegas Golden Knights. I like Laurent Brassois. He put together the best goaltending performance I've ever seen live in my life during the 2012 uh, WHL playoffs. I like Logan Thompson, a former Weeking, but one of them's going to have to stand on their head for Vegas to, uh, you know, to, it, to I guess, what, what's the goal for Vegas? Not just making the playoffs anymore, even though they missed. They're, they're a team that wants to contend, so... One of those guys is going to have to stand on their head, or both of them, or they're going to have to get a goalie. In my opinion, if Vegas is going to get to the conference finals. Larry says, Colorado's core will be all locked up after this season, all in their prime, so they will contend. But their window to be buyers and spenders ends with McKinnon's final season at 6.3. McCarr jumps to 9 this season now, so once McKinnon nearly doubles money, is tight in Colorado all of a sudden. Yeah, it is. But like you said, and, and as uh, Arnie alluded to, the core is locked up. And then you just start bringing in guys like Kessel, like mercenaries, right? Uh, guys on small deals. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing P.K. Subban is going to sign a similar sort of deal uh, to, to that, uh, to what Phil Kessel signed. You know, I don't, what would you, you know, what is the most you would pay P.K. Subban right now? A million dollars? million and a half? I guess maybe Chicago might pay him a lot because they want to get her Arizona. Because they need to, uh, they're they're bringing in all kinds of players. Like if I'm Vegas, or any like those teams that are tight to the cap, it's PTO City, man. Why wouldn't you want to go to a PTO in Vegas? Apparently, it's a fun place. I've never been there. 
So for me, it's Uka Pekka That's the guy that I'm worried about the most. Per- and that's a personal one because Duckman's domination has him locked up. Um, you know, but there's a number of guys like the Montreal Canadiens traded for Kirby Doc. I'm sure that that they're working on a deal. Rasmus Sandin in, in Toronto. They want to get that defenseman wrapped up. So a number of guys have to get locked up still that are RFAs. All right, uh, reminder, our uh, top three is, what are your top three summer highlights so far? I went with uh, floating the Pemina River and Entwistle, for some people not in Alberta, winning the UFWJ, the Ultimate Fantasy World Juniors, and going back to Brandon, Manitoba, God's Country, to visit my dad. What are your top three? And our question of the day is, what do you collect? I'm a jersey guy, I'm a bobblehead guy, I'm a goalie mask guy. I also collect dust. Arnie says, speaking of Vegas goalies, the third in line is Yuri Patera, who, surprise, surprise, also played for the Wheat Kings. Yeah, there, there's a Manitoba Mafia in Vegas. Like, it's not just Brandon, it's all Manitoba guys. Like, if you go through that roster of off-ice people and on-ice people, but a lot of off-ice people... There's a ton of Manitoba guys. And it's funny, Kelly McCrimmon is originally from Saskatchewan. But he has surrounded himself with good Manitoba people. And, yeah. He, you know what? He goes with what he knows. It's like, my dad still to this day does not like Brent Sutter. Because he cut Ryan Craig and... Was it Craig and somebody else from the World Junior Team in North Dakota? They didn't lose a game... They were perfect, and they won gold. But my dad still thinks Brent Sutter made a mistake because he didn't take those guys. And Colin Frazier was on that team. And Colin Frazier wasn't a better player, but just Brent Sutter knew what he was going to get out of Colin Frazier. So Kelly is bringing in people that he knows, that he knows what he can get out of them because he's had prior experience. I think everybody does that. Anybody that takes over a business or whatever, you bring in the people that you worked with previously, you know, not all the time. You saw um, Todd McClellan had Jay Woodcroft with him. And then when he left, Jay stayed and, and ended up in the minors and then branched out on his own is now doing really well. But people bring in their people. Look at the St. Louis Blues. It's like the 2002 Olympic team uh, running the St. Louis Blues right now because they all work really well together. Speaking of hockey, we have UFHL meetings this week. How serious is your fantasy hockey league if you don't have off-season meetings? Really. If you don't have, like, five or six off-season meetings in, like, primetime summer, how serious is your fantasy league? So we have the first of, like, 70 meetings this weekend. Um, No, we don't have that many. But we do have quite a few meetings. We have quite a few agendas. It's a very serious league, Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. It's high stakes. So I just... I, I think it's important for everybody to try to make the meetings. I know everybody can't, but the good thing about the meetings, rather than just texting on Telegram back and forth, is you get to listen, you get to discuss, you get to go back and forth, and sometimes you misunderstand on Telegram what is actually happening. So, meetings, very important this week uh, to have dialogue and change. And our leagues, we try to mirror them. So, you know, mostly it's trying to dial in the point categories and make it realistic and you know, make this per player as realistic as the NHL league. And, and that's what all our leagues do. Football, basketball, baseball. And I know there were some people that were upset with how baseball was going, but it's weird. They didn't say anything while we were setting up. One person uh, commented about the scoring. So sometimes you have to get through a season or two to realize what you need to change. And uh, we're in our fourth season now uh, for UFHL. And we pretty much, I think, got it dialed in pretty well. A few, few tweaks here and there. But speaking of uh, fantasy performers, uh, pretty big night in uh, the fantasy world, as it usually is uh, for someone. Uh, I'm just going to get back off the uh, Julio Rodriguez page. Uh, But Aaron Nola was the big leader in fantasy last night. Uh, The pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's also with the Defenders in UFLB. Uh, He was uh, dominant. (laughs) Sorry, I should say. Uh, last night complete game uh don't know if you have a complete game bonus in your league or not uh but he also obviously gets the quality start and the win gives up five hits no earned runs so 11 k's 
21 point outing, a zero ERA, and uh, whip was 0.556, so uh, getting some whip bonus there as well. And that was the best pitching performance last night in Major League Baseball by quite a, a wide margin. But there was one pitching performance last night that a ton of fantasy owners were watching. Not just Mets fans, fantasy owners. Watching DeGoat. Is DeGoat back? How long is DeGoat back for? I'm talking about Jacob DeGrom. He gets back. Uh, on the mound last night, the $36 million man, and he spins a pretty good game. Goes six innings, uh, gives up one earned run, so he gets the quality start. Quality start, uh, for those that don't know, is six innings and uh, less, three or less, uh, six or more innings and three or less uh, earned runs. So Aaron Nola, as mentioned, uh, Great night, but Jacob DeGrom was probably the guy fantasy owners were watching the most. Gives up just three hits, walks one, uh, strikes out nine. Uh, so he looked like he was right back in it. Did give up one home run, uh, which is minus four points. So he would have been a 20-point guy, or he would have been an 18-point guy uh, without that home run. So pretty impressive. Uh, obviously, first game back. Uh, yeah, and, and Mooch says he was afraid to pitch against the Yankees. Like, that's a funny take, but I don't think Jacob DeGrom is afraid to pitch to anybody. I think it's funny. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's a joke, unless Yankee fans really think somebody was afraid to pitch against them, and that guy is the GOAT. Like, when healthy, the greatest pitcher in the game right now, in my opinion. But, when healthy. But, that's fun for Yankee fans to think he was afraid to pitch against them. I don't think he's afraid to pitch against anybody, personally. Oh, the insider Larry Fisher is hearing another round of voting on tap for UFHL franchises, followed by three meetings in September, trimmed from the previously scheduled five. Oh, that's good news for some people. Um, you know, I feel bad for some people that didn't get their proposals through. I always say try it again, you know. I would say try it again next year, but this time try to get as much information out to everybody. And I, I think Mick did a great job with that. The other guy that was dominant last night by a long shot was Paul Goldschmidt. And we were talking about this guy yesterday on the show because it was happening when we were on the show. Two home runs, two for three with five RBIs. Uh, did strike out once, uh, but an OPS of over three. And, and this is Paul Goldschmidt. 34-year-old Paul Goldschmidt possibly winning the Triple Crown. It's incredible. Like I said, I, I gave up on this guy thinking that he was going to decline because most 34-year-olds do. Instead, here he is this year with another 30 home run, 100 RBI season. Incredible. Like 2017, Goldschmidt... 36 home runs, 120 RBIs. Five years later, he's got still runway left. He's got 33 home runs and 105 RBI. And he's hitting 340 almost. This is incredible. I still think Judge is the overall MVP. But Paul Goldschmidt's the MVP in, in uh, the National League. Judge will probably be the MVP in the American League. Although, what Verlander is doing is pretty pretty good as well. But anyway, that's, it's pretty impressive stuff for 34-year-old Paul Goldschmidt and the Prairie Wheat Sox. I, like, honestly, I thought they might have drafted him a little early. Well, I was wrong because this guy has been a rock the whole time. So the Hounds are happy that uh, DeGrom is back. The cards are happy, or the Prairie Wheat Sox are happy that Goldsmith is going, and the defenders are loving Aaron Nola. They were the big, uh, big three last night. Seven C's says all rise. Yeah, that the three month stretch that Aaron Judge had. I mean, you probably had to have an umbrella every time around Yankee Stadium because you might be afraid of getting hit by an Aaron Judge home run. Thirty six home runs in three months, and then he went cold like the whole team did. 
and like you would expect. He hit a, a, one or two, one off Scherzer the other night. So, no, there's still a chance that people think Aaron Judge can can get uh, 60 home runs. Also, Mooch, were you there when he hit that home run? Was that on Tuesday against Scherzer? I think that was Tuesday that Scherzer pitched. I was watching that game, if, the, if that's the game you're talking about. And, and even the guys on the network were like, why doesn't Scherzer throw him another slider? Oh, okay, that was against Walker. But the Scherzer game, Judge was just waiting, and then he just, he just crushed it. But he, he's hitting moonshots again, so that's great. It's fun to watch, man. It's and it's awesome. It's awesome to see. So I I want uh, I want Aaron Judge to go after sixty. Like twelve home runs does not seem that much when you saw what he did in May, June, July. Yeah, Mooch says I don't know why teams to pitch to him. He's he's like Barry Bonds right now. I wouldn't throw a fastball. Certainly, I'd I'd throw sliders at him because he wasn't. He wasn't hitting the sliders that Scherzer was throwing to him, but even still, he's gonna he's gonna he like I don't think it's uh, like I I think Aaron Judge I'll say it right now I think he hits sixty I think he's getting hot again I think minimum he hits his sixty. No one else can hit in the lineup. Well, Joey Gallo's hitting in the lineup in Dodger Stadium. They made that trade. That trade's working out for the Dodgers. Um, but they're, you know, they, listen, if, if, if you're a Yankee fan, isn't, aren't you okay with the swoon when it happened? Like who wants the swoon in late September? No, do it now. This is the dog days. Everybody's supposed to suck at some point right now. The dog days of baseball, we're, we're getting out of them, but this is when you're supposed to have your sucky slump. Get it out of the way now, heat up in September, go into the playoffs on a, on a bit of a roll. That's what I would want to do. So if I'm a Yankees fan, if I'm Mooch, if I'm anybody else, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. They're pissed about the Montgomery trade. Okay. But I would be happy. I'd be okay. Like, you've got a seven and a half game lead over Tampa. I think it's eight games over the Jays. You're not losing the division. You're probably getting home field advantage um, throughout the American League, although Houston's been pretty good lately, so they might have snuck ahead of the Yankees. So I don't know. I Like I said, this is when you want to struggle because then you have September to heat up and get back into it. The best story, I think, at baseball this year is the Guardians. And, you know, that's why, as, as Clark Monroe from the Prairie Wheat Sox said the other day, that's why Jose Ramirez maybe gets some of the MVP talk. Can the Guardians hold on? Four-game lead over the White Sox and Kansas City. So they got two teams chasing them in the exact same spot. I, I think that's the best story. Now, I'm a Dodger fan, so I, I think the Dodgers having an almost 700 win percentage this year is awesome. Um, even though they have had, had not had Kershaw for a good portion, their Bueller is out for the year. Dustin May has been gone almost all, well, the whole year. They still have almost a 20 game lead on the Padres. Like last year was the Giants. Then the Padres went and got Soto. I'm not saying the Padres can't do damage in the playoffs, but right now I wouldn't care if the Dodgers sucked. They've won seven of their last ten, I think. I wouldn't care if they suck. I'd be like, hey, that's fine. Just don't suck late September going into the playoffs or October or whatever it is. That that uh, a, a NL West division, I'm guessing, is probably the most lopsided division in baseball. Like, I think the AL East is competitive. The NL East this year has certainly been competitive for at least three teams. But when the closest team in your division is almost 20 games back, as they say on Monday Night Football, come on, man. Like, that's just... No, doesn't bother me. I like the Dodgers beating up on the Padres and uh, and the Giants in, in particular. 
just checking out to see if there's uh, any. Oh, Scotty Scheffler still uh, in the lead. So I talked yesterday about, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, one of them, about you know the whole Kevin Durant saga in Brooklyn and, and now he's going to stay. I just... Uh, I look at the NBA, and I, I do like watching the NBA, um, but I it's it's more than anything the most transient league out there, I think. Like, now, now it sounds like Westbrook is going to be traded. Durant, speculation has died down. Kyrie, sounds like he's going to actually play some games. But what are the Lakers going to do? They get Patrick Beverly, which now is how's everybody taking that Russell Westbrook is out the door. My question is, why do these guys get traded so much? Why do they want to, like, is it just that they're not good teammates? Like, they're good players. And I'm not an NBA expert. I don't follow it religiously. I don't know the NBA as well. But I loved watching James Harden and Russell Westbrook in Houston. Maybe that's because I just liked watching the individual player. I wasn't invested in the team. And both of those guys are gone now. And now uh, they're, they're, one of them could be on another team. So what is, what is it with the NBA and guys moving all over the place? It just, it seems more than anything that it happens more and more in the NBA than any other league out there. That's my opinion. Uh, by the way, next Friday, we're going to have a really fun college football guest on the program. And I really hope that uh, my computer is fixed so we can get a full-time show back on Monday and start our NHL previews. Mooch says NBA and soccer have the biggest egos. Yeah, I get actually. I I guess soccer too. You're right, Mooch. I was kind of, I as when I think of sports, I I stupidly only think of the big four in North America. But soccer is the biggest sport in the world, and that's a lot of transfers. And you're right, ego personalities. I think the uh, the NBA is has is the best league for personalities and for for personalities that show it. I think the NHL is the worst. Getting better, but still the worst. The NBA has the best personalities, and they're not afraid to show it. Um, then I would probably say football, NFL, of the big four, then Major League Baseball, and then hockey. Of, of my experience in sports reporting and anchoring, 25 years, the most boring interviews are hockey players. The, the, the best interviews that I always seem to have were the American players that would come up and play in the CFL because they all had great stories. They were all stars somewhere. And, and now, you know, they, did, they never grew up wanting to play in the CFL. No, no American player sits there and says, I want to play for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That just doesn't happen. They say they want to play for the Detroit Lions or whatever it is. So now they're, it's like any hockey player doesn't say, I want to play for Dynamo Minsk in the KHL, or I want to play for the Adirondack Red Wings in the AHL. No, they grew up saying, I want to play, you know, your junior team or whatever it might be, or if you're in the States, maybe your college team. If you're in Michigan, you want to play for the Wolverines. They all say, I want to play in the NHL, just like football players. So they all want to play in the uh, uh, NFL. So then they're here in a, you know, they're, they're obviously second choice league. And so it's, it's neat to hear their stories and all kinds of personalities. So, yeah, I, the transient stuff I don't like, but the personalities I like. And you don't get great personalities without some big egos. So you're going to have to take the egos. And it's why is the NBA so popular? Because of the personalities and the players. Yeah, the, the talent is great, but... Talent isn't enough. The NHL has talent. Look at where it is. Look at Connor McDavid's salary compared to any of the other four. Talent is not enough. So the NBA, ego, personality, 
talent, big bucks. The NHL, talent, not a lot of ego, not a ton of personality. That's why you're at $12.5 million for a highest-paid player. That's my thought process with it anyway. But I do, uh, I, 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 I just, I don't know. I don't like guys flipping around all the time. It's nice to be able to be able to say, this guy's on this team. And for the NBA, the last little while, I've had a harder time dealing with that. Dealing with that. All right, so big story that we uh, were chatting about. This huge extension coming up for Julio Rodriguez and uh, the Seattle Mariners with the all-star outfielder. According to Jesse Sanchez, it could be between 8 and 18 years. Again, why the hell would anybody sign an 18-year deal? 8, yeah. 8, 13, 16, or 18. That, this, you're, you're set for life. Really, really set for life. Oh, Mooch says he's really has become a hockey fan thanks to us. Well, that's awesome. We love it. Um, and listen, uh, I, I love that you have joined this platform with such passion and have become a hockey fan. I mean, when, like three years ago, did you think you'd be watching the world junior game on a beach? No way. You didn't even know what the world juniors was. And now you're watching it on a beach. So it's awesome. And everybody can get involved if they want with ultimate fantasy, ultimate franchise fantasy sports. Check it out on the website, uffsports.com, uffsports.com. Uh, you can get in as a GM for some franchises. You could try to buy one of the franchises we have in a bunch of our leagues, hockey, baseball, basketball, football. Uh, yeah, Mooch says, no freaking way, LOL. He didn't know about it at all. Uh, you can get in scouting. We have a massive scouting. So if you have an eye for talent, you can get in on that. Get all the information, uffsports.com, and get in the game where you own the game. This has been a lot of fun again today. I really hope my computer is fixed on Monday uh, so we can actually get back to uh, the the non-rotary phone edition of uh, the show. Like, I feel like I'm on a party line right now uh, trying to do a show with, like, uh, duct tape and tinfoil and everything. So hopefully we get it back and we can get the bells and whistles back on the show, get some guests back on the show and have some fun. UFHL meetings this weekend for those in the UFHL. I, I believe they're still this weekend. Maybe they've been rescheduled. I haven't been on uh, Telegram since we got on the show. So uh, we will see. Wait a minute. Maybe they did. I'll have to check it out in a second. Thanks very much for joining me on the show today. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Whatever it is you're doing. I hope it's really, really uh, safe. Uh, thanks very much, Mooch. Great show, he says. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Back to two hours, hopefully, on Monday. Have yourself a wonderful 